0: You're listening to a Women's History Association of Ireland podcast. In this podcast, a paper from Besieged Bodies, Gendered Violence, Sexualities and Motherhood, the Women's History Association of Ireland's annual conference for 2020 2021. This online conference took place on four Fridays in March 2021 and was supported by the UCD Decade of Centenaries Fund, the UCD School of History, the UCD School of Gender Studies, UCD Centre for Gender, Feminisms and Sexualities and the UCD College of Arts and Humanities Fund. This podcast is produced in association with History Hub. To listen to other papers and conference keynotes, go to historyhub.ie. The WHAI conference was organised by Dr. Mary McAuliffe from UCD Gender Studies and Dr. Finola Walsh from UCD School of History. This podcast features a paper from Narratives of Gendered, Sexual Violence in Modern Ireland, which was a UCD Decade of Centenaries funded panel. The second paper in the panel was given by Dr Leanne Lane from DCU. The paper was entitled War on Women, Violence and the Female Civil War Prison. The panel was chaired by Dr Deirdre Foley from the University of Oxford. I'll move on now to introduce Dr Leanne Lane. Uh, Dr Lane is lecturer in history in the School of History and Geography in DCU. Her primary area of research is modern Irish history with a specialisation in 19th and 20th century gender and women's history. This work to date has focused on biographical studies of female activists in the area of suffrage and uh, women involved in the Irish revolutionary period with the focus on those who adopted an anti-treaty position in 1921. She recently published a study of Dorothy McCardle and is currently writing a biography of Mary McSweeney. So go ahead, Dr. Lane. Uh,
1: thank you, uh, Mary. And uh, thank you, Fanula, for organising such a wonderful conference and um, for facilitating me to speak. Um, one of the most fruitful results of the Decade of Commemorations is the wealth of new work on female activism, facilitating a progressively more complex narrative of gender in the revolutionary period. There has been increased emphasis, for example, on sexual violence um, against women in the period in work by um, our, one of our panellists here today, Lindsay Byrne, Gemma Clark and Susan Byrne, uh, Mary McAuliffe uh, and uh, Connolly. Uh, sexual violence was, however, just one, if maybe the most shocking form of violence experienced by women during the revolutionary period. Female experiences of the trauma of arrest and imprisonment need to inform the narrative of the civil war. Women such as Lily Brennan refer to being, quote, rushed at by free free state troops held up to the point of a gun, end quote, before incarceration for an extended period during the Civil War. Yet the military service pensions board interviewer declared her, quote, whole civil war to be a dubious quantity, end quote. This paper will discuss the brutality that women were subjected to in the Civil War prisons, both in Dublin and throughout the country. Albina Broderick wrote that hunger strike notwithstanding, life in the North Dublin Union was one long fight. The doctor was a bully. Our sleep was disturbed at night by the continual firing and the sentry walking up and down had a full view through the curtainless windows of every act, however private. Broderick, 61 years of age, had been shot in the leg when arrested on the 27th of April, 1923, in Sneem County Kerry. In her testimony to the Military Service Pensions Board, Annie Nano McCrane stated in reference to her internment in the North Dublin Union, in a very just one terse line, quote, I got beaten inside, end quote. Sean Brosnan, 4th Battalion Kerry North Brigade, described Margaret Fitzgerald's internment in the North Dublin Union with a similar emphasis on the violence of the environment in the uh, site of incarceration. Fitzgerald, who was active with on in the Castle Gregory district in County Kerry, was moved from Mountjoy to Kilmainham and then forcibly removed to the North Dublin Union. I'll be talking in a little more detail in a moment about that forcible removal to the North Dublin Union. And Brosnan wrote of her ordeal, the soldiers treated them very roughly. And that's a phrase that comes up again and again, uh, or a reference that comes up again and again, the rough treatment of the women by the soldiers. The soldiers treated them very roughly, dragging prisoners down the iron staircase and throwing them into lorries. In the North Dublin Union, things were very bad. Crowds of the prisoners packed into one ward and the sentries night after night kept firing shots at the windows. She lived in constant terror. And again, that's another uh, theme that comes up repeatedly, the fact that uh, within the Civil War sites of incarceration, the women are actually in danger of being shot. You would imagine that their danger, their uh, fear of being shot would have dissipated because they're now within the prison, but they're actually in danger. And some of them were shot within the sites of incarceration. And uh, Fitzgerald wrote... Uh, from America from Illinois in America to De Valera in uh, 1942 and she wrote quote my present condition is in great part due to shock and hardship suffered during the period of my imprisonment end quote and you can see there that uh, her address is actually a hospital um, address is a hospital in America and she has undergone three operations and her doctor the medical testimony and her she herself claims this is the result of the ill treatment that she received while incarcerated uh, in three of the civil war sites of incarceration in Dublin. In determining what constituted violence, um, the paper argues that the mental, and this is something that Susan alluded to as well, the mental, or stated, the mental impact of the threat of violence was just as damaging uh, to women as the actual physical deed itself. Indeed, some women were uh, as physically assaulted themselves and forced to bear witness to violence. Bridget Healy experienced both psychological and physical violence. Healy, a member of the Kalala branch of Kamanaman, was arrested in April 1923. She was taken from Kalala to Ballanah and sent on to Toome, County Galway. While in Toome, she was, quote, pulled out one morning to see six of the IRA being shot into their graves, end quote. Transferred to Kilmainham. She, quote, got badly treated by the military on one occasion, having a narrow escape from death. And um, Healy is very incensed that she cannot actually corroborate what happened to her in tomb where she was forced to bear witness to this uh, violence. Evidence from the Bureau of Militaries to witness statements, and in particular from the military service pension collection, in conjunction with memoir, jail writings, and Republican propaganda, detail the low-level violence and intimidation that was a constant in female prison life during the Civil War, as well as making clear the full-scale aggression that broke out in intervals. And as I say, I'll discuss the North Dublin Union in a moment. Ethna Coyle described how deputy government in Mount Joy Pauline O'Keefe quote always carried two revolvers one at his belt and another at his thigh and was constantly warning us you'll be shot Christina Stafford, a member of the central branch of commandman stated that while in Mountjoy she was brought on two occasions quote to be tried by a court of nine soldiers or officers and when I would not give them any information they told me I would be shot Blythe's order was issued the week before to shoot the women carrying arms. End quote. As the prisoners were transferred from Mountjoy to Kilmainham in February 1923, Dorothy McArdle noted that, quote, the soldiers fired over us to drive us away. Women who were jailed, or sorry, women who were held for relatively brief periods in local barracks and jails were in many cases also subjected to violence. Testifying on behalf of Vanny O'Neill, a captain of Enniscorthy Cuminamon Branch 2, Moira Deegan, Cuminamon Central Executive wrote, quote, she was held up and arrested twice while carrying important dispatches. On the last occasion, I was with her on our way from Wexford when we were both arrested and taken to Wexford jail and got some rough treatment before being thrown out and told to walk back to Enniscorthy. According to O'Neill herself, during the incident, which took place in early 1923, the soldiers were, quote, going around the table throwing revolvers, end quote. Violence was not just meted out to anti-treaty women by soldiers and male officials. In August 1922, O'Neill had been arrested in ferns, refusing to be searched by the arresting officers and soldiers. Local members of communist Saoirse were deployed and she, quote, got an awful beating. They stripped me and they knocked me down end quote. O'Neill was arrested again on the 3rd of March in the lunatic asylum in Enniscorthy, where she was a wardress. Irregular literature was found concealed behind the clothes drying equipment at the asylum. Although the documents could not be directly linked to her, she had come to the attention of the authorities in August 1922 as a dispatch carrier. In Kilmainham, she went on hunger strike and was released after 34 days on strike, week she went to hospital where interestingly she says that once again she was quote treated very badly end quote. The constant threat and atmosphere of violence that permeated the civil war sites of incarceration resulted in some cases in injury indeed in permanent disabilities. In the period designated on the um, military service pension form uh, the 1st of July 1922 to the 31st of March twenty three. Agnes Gallagher, a member of Westport Common Amman, provided uh, (coughs) um, information on what she did. She provided supplies of food for the IRA. She purchased arms and ammunition from, quote, enemy soldiers. She travelled twice to Dublin to procure supplies of equipment for the IRA and operated, quote, an intelligence service and gave forewarnings of attacks, end quote. Arrested in February 1923, she was incarcerated in Kilmainham where, quote, she locked where she, quote, lost my sight and suffered other injuries while in prison and could not resume my profession as a music teacher ever since. So that's that's a very serious injury that she got while she was in uh, Kilmainham. She actually lost the use of her sight. And she's queried on this um, by uh, at her interview with the military service pension board. And we can see the question and answer here on the slide. Was it because of ill treatment? We were after a hunger strike of 10 days and were pretty weak, and were not able to go out in the air for recreation. And we opened one of the windows to get fresh air. There was a soldier in the crow's nest, and he always shot at the prisoners when he saw them at the windows. I did not know this. They shouted to me that he was going to fire. I stumbled back and fell and broke two ribs, and my eye came against the table with the result. I was never able to teach music since I came home or take up any position. It is my brother is supporting me. And again, you see that reference uh, in a number of the statements to the fact that women who sustain injuries in the Civil War sites of incarceration are essentially dependent on, a bit like Blanche Dubois, I suppose, uh, the kindness of maybe not strangers, but certainly family members. Um, so Agnes uh, Gallaher, it should be noted, actually was 60 years of age when she was imprisoned and sustained this injury in 1923. And just uh, an interesting side note in the file is that uh, it said um, that she was a little too garrulous because of her age and uh, that a lot of the uh, um, more um, precise or more... Um, Uh, important work was given to the younger women in the area but still she finds herself uh, in prison and subject to this uh, um, situation because of fear of being shot. So permanent injury as a result of violent treatment is a feature of many of the files of the women incarcerated uh, during the civil war and it's also something that is uh, documented in the anti-treaty paper era which was a -A 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 common among paper. This paper on the 29th of um, uh, September 1923, uh, uh, reported that, quote, Miss Sissy O'Dougherty of Dunlow County Donegal, in order to get proper treatment for whom her fellow prisoners did an eight days hunger strike is still in conmainum and is very much worse. Her illness is the result of a kick from Bigadier McCall of the Free State Army. <clears throat> However, it also needs to be noted that A number of the women within the Civil War prisons were themselves well-skilled in the use of violence, and some, like Bridget Bridget O'Malan, fomented tension between prisoners and and, uh, prison officials' desirous of maintaining a state of war. Somewhere in the region of 600 women were imprisoned during the Civil War, and in arresting women, uh, such as, for example, Dorothy McArdle, who did not have a previous history of incarceration, and not just old timers like O'Malan and McCoy, the anti-treaty side were determined to cast the net wide, fully cognizant that the Republican women posed a direct threat to the establishment of the Irish Free State. In a memorandum of the 11th of January, 1923, on the failure of security policy, Uh, Patrick Hogan, the Minister for Agriculture, made a list of areas where action was necessary. The second point on his list was entitled women. Moreover, in a Civil War context, quote, as former friends turned captors, it was all too easy to identify those who were involved, end quote. The widespread arrest of women led to severe overcrowding and unsanitary conditions. And this resulted in intensification of tensions between staff and prisoners. As Sean McConville discusses, prison staff during the Civil War lacked experience, even if they were politicized, while the prison administration was, quote, poorly resourced, perplexed, and possibly indifferent. End quote. In certain instances, uh, female uh, prisoners then courted confrontation with arresting officers and prison staff, resulting in uh, escalating violence. Prisons were, as William Murphy discusses in the context of the War of Independence, quote, sites of politics, end uh, quote. The demonstration of resistance within the prison was a political statement. Conflict with the prison guards, uh, Kenny states, quote, was often the only way to affirm that one's incarceration was political, end quote. And as I said, such political statements within the prison, such resistance or resistance as a form of political statement within the prison, had the result, had the uh, potential to result in violence in the highly charged and emotive context that was the Civil War. Dorothy McArdle conceptualized Maura Comfort's Civil War experience uh, in those terms, writing an era on the 23rd of June 1923 to her mind every arrest by the usurpers was illegal. It was not her own wish that made her last January accept the status of a prisoner of war. That status she accepted, but she resisted every attempt to infringe it without counting the cost. Although she knew, as every prisoner knows, that resistance brings only punishment and further resistance punishment again until the ultimate weapon, hunger strike, wins victory for the prisoner or death while they were hunger striking. Mary, for waving her hand to us shot by a sentry through the leg then came an unsuccessful attempt to escape and the punishment solitary confinement for a certain number of days for the specified days they submitted after that they demanded the regulation exercise and association again and day after day they were dragged by the soldiers uh, struggling to their cells for civil war female (coughs) prisoners it was all the more important to resist because they were subjected to brutality and at times uh, One woman described an era as um, uh, being subjected to what was, quote, positively indecent, end quote. Uh, They were being subjected to this not just by the agents of British violence, but by Irish men and women. The issue of the soldier's gaze on women was a repeated theme uh, in the Civil War um, uh, discussion, uh, a discussion of the Civil War uh, uh, female prisons sleeping and bathroom arrangements for female prisoners did not respect the norms of what was acceptable in terms of privacy that was an issue during the war of independence in the context of female incarceration but it was all the more problematic because during the civil war women were subjected to what was pos- positively indecent that's quotation not just by the agents of british violence but by irish men and women Albina Broderick discussed how in Tralee Prison Hospital what she described as the quote so-called nurse was often uh, absent from her post and quote, I had to ask the male orderly to empty the chamber, bring uh, pot, bring me my washing things, etc. Charles McBride uh, in uh, Dunlow, County Donegal, who made a pension claim in respect of his deceased daughter Mary, who was imprisoned in Bancrana and uh, Kilmana wrote, The Free State soldiers were much more cruel, tyrannical and inconsiderate than the English were. Mary was outspoken and resented the manners of old friends and comrades who received attention in the English uh, time and who, when in power, now showed extreme cruelty and prejudice towards our home and family. According to the pension file, Mary McBride was arrested on the 21st of March 1923. After two months, she was transferred from Broncana to Sligo in an open lorry during stormy and wet conditions. From Sligo, she was sent, quote, in her wet clothes, end quote, to Clamainham. She underwent hunger strike in Broncana and in Clamainham. Released on the 8th of October 1923, quote, she was reduced in appearance and unwell. From that day to her death, she never breathed a healthy breath, end quote. And that's from a letter uh, issued to the board by her father. Mary McBride died on the 19th of May, 1924, aged 18 years. While McBride's pension file does not refer to physical violence, an uh, article in ERA makes clear that this did occur in the context of her incarceration. Uh, There are altogether 14 girls in Bruncranna, amongst them Mary McBride, uh, and the article lists out the other women just a week ago, Miss Blake and Ms. McGeehan were dragged from the others and put in solitary confinement in cells and are being treated as criminals. The other girls, as a protest, broke the windows. The water hose was turned on them and the place flooded. The prisoners are very badly treated. Ms. Blake can see Ms. McGeehan by leaning out of the window of her cell and chancing the sentry's attempts at shooting. Now the most uh, well-documented account of full-scale aggression against women in the Civil War uh, sites of inca- incarceration was the removal of women to the North Dublin Union uh, from uh, in late April, early May. From this point, the North Dublin Union, the site of the former workhouse, was to be used to accommodate female internees. Uh, Kilmainham was now to be used for sentences women. sentenced women. Dorothy McCarley, who was incarcerated from the 9th of November, 1922 to early May, 1923 states that she herself suffered violence during this removal. She, quote, found a great hand closed on my face after after which she was dragged from the railings, quote, blind and the hand was blinding and stifling her. She was thrust to the ground, quote, among trampling feet, end quote. Attempts to search the women escalated the savagery, and she recalled standing, quote, in the passage then, waiting for the girls to be flung out one by one. Some were frightened or overcome, but many were half fainting. Lena O'Doherty had been struck in the mouth. One man had thrust a finger down Moira Broderick's throat, end quote. And distress and fear must have been the responses of women to the violence of the removal proceedings. McArdle's descriptions, such as that of the prison officer with his finger down Mora Broderick's throat, played on images of sexual violence against women and deliberately harked back to times of forcible feeding of women during the militant suffrage uh, period in England, which, quote, in several suffragette representations may be clearly read as rape scenes, end quote. The propagandist writings on Civil War female prisoners in which McCardell was centrally located returned repeatedly to the manner in which the female body was violated physically or verbally McCardle referred to the irish uh, free state soldiers during during this removal in a manner that underscored the the presence of a strong undercurrent of sexual violence and um, this is mccardell outside the surgery door was a guard of five or six cid men one of whom jerry grace was most obnoxious the prisoners awaiting search were lined up in the compound near the barred window opposite the surgery door. And this man kept up a running fire of taunts to irritate them. Very quiet tonight, no fun at all. They got enough of it last night. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, we tamed them all right last night. Uh, At the very least sound, this Jerry Grace rushed to the door and burst into the room while the girls were being undressed, end quote. A letter in ERA on the 9th of June 1923 referred to the soldiers during the incident, uh, shouting insulting and salacious remarks. Connotations of sexual violence are replete in the letter. Two girls pinioned me to my sides. And it's interesting here that it's women who are uh, engaged in this searching. So uh, it's not just violence against women by men. Two girls pinioned my elbows to my sides. The leader said, You will see what we can do. She tore back my coat, pulled my frock off, and undid every garment I was wearing. She then drew her bare hand over my naked flesh. I sank back on the bench, sick and exhausted. She ordered me to dress. I was incapable of doing so." The Irish Free State soldiers, and this is just, I'm just finished when I say this, the Irish Free State soldiers who conducted the forcible removal of women from Kilmainham to the North Dublin Union uh, were portrayed by McArdle and others as immersed and skilled in violence. The women, by contrast, were depicted as attempting to passively resist. uh, um, But the reality is, that by paying attention to fainting and to women overcome, McArdle and others played into a gendered narrative of women's innate weakness that worked to downplay the reality of women such as Omalan, who was, as I said, uh, immersed in the use of violence. And Omalan made a big point in her her pension application about the fact that uh, when she was removed to the North Dublin Union, she, quote, had a poker and some other weapons hidden on me, and I created such a racket that I was not searched and so arrived safely at the North Dublin Union with my weapons. So um, we do need to, when we're looking at the violence um, meted out to women in the civil war sites of incarceration, understand the trauma that these women suffered, but understand that there were some women who were well skilled in the use of violence themselves. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Besieged Bodies, Gendered Violence, Sexualities and Motherhood, the Women's History Association of Ireland's Annual Conference 2020, 2021. You can listen to podcasts of keynotes and many other papers from the conference on historyhub.ie.